This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hello and welcome to Saber, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Volkelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about currywurst. Yes. Oof. Cravings. <laughs> cravings, cravings, cravings. Oh, <laughs> see, okay, this is a dish I don't think I've ever actually had, but mm. I was getting such cravings during the reading and especially the looking at photographs in the middle of the reading that for sure I had curry for lunch. Um, I mean, different, di- different thing, but I was like, look, I don't have sausages. I don't have ketchup or fries, but I, but I can do the curry. <laughs> One of these things <laughs> I can accomplish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I love currywurst. I've, I've had it several times. I did spend a little while in Germany and I remember one of the people I was traveling with, I will say it was kind of picky. Okay. Um, it was kind of picky. Hmm. And we'd been traveling across Europe. And when she tasted <laughs> currywurst as like an American who had been, I guess, missing French fries oh, and sausage, uh-huh. <laughs> she said, the taste, <laughs> the taste. And she just was like moved. She was transported. Wow. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a very satisfying. It makes you feel like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what I can say. Oh, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, I I hope I hope I get to try some some soon. We don't have a lot of German restaurants around Atlanta. For all of the amazing food that we have, it's relatively difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, I know a couple of German restaurants that are kind of like further north. Yeah. Uh, but sure. not too many in that case either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this being more of a street food situation. Anyway, um, we're getting mm-hmm. ahead of ourselves. Yes. Uh, in Germany, September 4th is National Currywurst Day. 
Um, supposedly the anniversary of the dish's invention, though that is slightly contentious. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure that specific date was just made up by this museum that we're going to talk about. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I They might have had good yeah. facts. I'm not sure. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm very excited to talk about the museum. Um, yes. Oh, my heck. Yes. And many contentious facts to be had. Uh-huh. Uh, but I guess this brings us to our question. Yes, yes. Currywurst. What is it? Well, uh, currywurst is a type of street food and or fast food that can come in like a few different iterations, but you're basically looking at a dish of, of sausage that's uh, simmered to cook it through and then uh, either grilled top or pan fried, served hot and often sliced crosswise, uh, topped with a thick spiced tomato sauce and a heavy sprinkle of, of curry blend powder. So like you've got like a like a chew and a crisp and maybe a snap from the from the savory sausage and then hopefully a little bit of char from the grill or the pan and then like the tangy warming savory flavors from that smooth sauce and the seasoning. Um, maybe it's served uh, with or on a roll. Maybe there's fries on the side. Maybe you're drinking a beer. I don't know what you're up to. Um, uh, it is most commonly ordered from like stands and, and shops while you're out and about, you know, like a sort of like power snack to be eaten pretty much on the spot before continuing on your adventures. It's a, it's a really, really good little snossage snack, you know? Um, it, it's like having not had it, uh... This is what came to my mind. All right. So, like, I never got a good idea of what exactly Scooby Snacks are, but Mm -hmm. I think ideally it should be this. Oh. Does that make sense? Uh Yeah. Like a really... Like you need some energy. Yeah. Yeah. A quick burst of, like, a savory... Kind of spicy, yeah, uh, proteiny thing. Yeah, you need yeah. it. You need it to like pump you up a little bit. You need you need that like bravery to face the rest of your day or n- night mm-hmm. or you know, etc. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah. I think that's a good. Okay, that's a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not just because I mentioned Scooby Doo. <laughs> no, okay, never. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, uh, debates about the right way to do currywurst can also be heated along with the the spiciness of the sausage. Um, Lots of people have their favorite style or like favorite stand and all other stands are dead to them. I don't know. (laughs) It's a thing. But okay. Uh, Perhaps the most uh, common and or traditional iterations involve uh, bratwurst or bockwurst, which are types of sausage made from pork and or veal that are ground variously fine and mixed with various spices. There are a lot of styles, from fresh to smoked, um, encased to skinless. And there are like regional and personal preferences at work here. Like, for example, if you're in Berlin, where the dish is hypothetically from, um, you're more likely to find sausages with casing served in shops from the West and sausages without served in shops from the East. Just a thing. Historical thing. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, especially recently there are more options available, including like halal beef sausages and vegetarian variations, stuff like that. Uh, the sauce can vary pretty widely too, from like, I bought some curry flavored ketchup to I bought ketchup and put curry powder on it to 
I made this entirely from scratch, including cooking down tomatoes, toasting my own curry blend spices and pureeing and sauteed onions. Um, there's, there's a range in there. So yeah. Um, recipes that I've seen generally involve, um, okay, your tomato element, either tomatoes or paste or ketchup, an allium element of onion or garlic, either fresh or powdered. The seasonings like uh, salt, Worcestershire sauce, uh, sugar or honey and vinegar, um, spices like black pepper, cinnamon, cloves, paprika, cayenne, a mustard powder or mustard sauce. Uh, it's a matter of personal preference, whether it's more tangy or sweet or salty or spicy, but it will involve some combination of those elements. Um, and lots of places do have like a spice scale to let you choose how hot you want the sauce to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you might add your curry blend to the sauce, or it might just be a sprinkle on top of the dish. It's typically a, a madras style powder, um, so like earthy and warm and like a lovely orangey yellow color um, involving things like coriander, cumin, fenugreek, curry leaves, black pepper, uh, cassia cinnamon, green cardamom, turmeric, chili peppers, and then maybe stuff like bay leaves, fennel seed, star anise. Um, it's curries are their whole own. We've talked about a little bit before. That's yeah. You can do what you want on those. So again, <laughs> results may vary. Um, mm -hmm. And then most stands will have a few condiments that you can add to taste, like um, like like more cayenne pepper, some chopped chilies or onions, um, uh, some hot sauce. It is uh, most often a street food that'll come in like a little paper tray with like a little wooden spear, um, but also appears in like elevated situations too in fancy restaurants. Um, uh, either way, you usually get uh, fries or a bread roll with it, often a specific type called a uh, brutchen. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I did just look it up. I don't know German. Uh, but yeah, it's got like a crisp crust and, a, and like a chewy, soft interior. Or maybe you might get another uh, uh, Germany side, like uh, like potato salad or a pickle, maybe a dab of mayo or mustard along with all that too. Um, a beer or sparkling wine are common accompaniments. And it is a genuinely a cultural phenomenon. Yes. Oh, yes. And also, I got to have sparkling wine with currywurst now. That's just... Yeah. That's on the horizon for me. Yeah. That's... That's right, right? Like fried mm -hmm. chicken, I, mm -hmm. I, I imagine that that would be just so transcendent. Well, what about the nutrition? Uh, it is a calorically dense food. Uh, you know, good punch of fats and proteins. Um, eat a vegetable that isn't ketchup. Um, yeah, drink some drink some water. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see our ketchup episode. Yeah. We did talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we do have some numbers for you. Oh gosh, we do. Okay. All right. So according to the BBC, more than 850 million currywurst were consumed in Germany in 2016, which they said was an annual trend. Um, 70 million of those were in Berlin specifically, Ooh. although I saw other things that were saying it was like way more concentrated in Berlin. Um, hmm. A 2008 study found that 80 percent of German respondents declared that currywurst was an important part of their diet. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. there, I, I read that there are some like 2000 stands that serve it in Berlin alone. Um, and 
in surveys from cafeterias around the country. Um, it was named the most popular dish served alongside crinkle cut fries for 26 years in a row as of 2017. Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Guinness record for the largest serving of currywurst was achieved in 2010. It weighed 175 kilos. That's like 386 pounds. Um, it consisted of a 320 meter long sausage, which is like a little <laughs> bit over a thousand feet. Um, oh, wow. That was, it was cooked in a custom grill, as you perhaps can imagine. Um Plus, uh, there were involved uh, 95 kilos, that's 200 pounds of tomato sauce, and a full kilo, that's two pounds of curry powder. That is bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? That's almost like a mile long. (laughs) I could be running a race (laughs) with the of this thing. Ooh. Wow. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, this brings us to the museum we mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, because from 2009 to 2018, there was a Deutsches Currywurst Museum. Uh, listeners, you've got to write in. You yeah. Write in. Yeah. One of their, like, like slogans um, that I think was up on a wall or a banner, perhaps upon entry, uh, said, currywurst is more than just a sausage. It's one of life's experiences in Germany. Experience. Experiences, oh. yeah. Okay. Um, it apparently took the creators four years and five million euros to bring the project to life. Over the course of its existence, it hosted over a million visitors. And then, yeah, their lease on the spot ended, um, and they reportedly just, like, put everything in storage with the idea of making it a traveling exhibit, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, <laughs> there was – it looked – the photographs are so sweet. Like, it, like there was, like, a an artistic ketchup installation on, on the ceiling that was kind of pretending to drip. There was a sausage couch with sliced sausage ottomans. Um, <laughs> love it. Uh, (laughs) uh, it had this like costumed mascot that was a smiling sausage with arms and feet and like slices along its side yeah oh wow Um, (laughs) they they had their giant plush french fries that you could like battle with like like american gladiator style Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm um and there were also singing ketchup bottles that sung funny songs about currywurst, um, <laughs> which I had to look into further. Uh, and they were sort of like they were sort of like 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 old school like telephone receivers shaped to look like ketchup bottles. Oh wow! Okay. And more on the music that they were playing later in the history section. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of menacing, and I love it. <laughs> Um, okay. (laughs) Well, the dish does have some very high-profile fans, including Angela Merkel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to include this quote uh, from food critic and writer Stefan Elfenbein, who once said, A big part of the currywurst experience isn't even the taste. It's about standing at the tall tables in front and chatting with people. You end up talking with people from all levels of society. And then he went on to say, Berlin is a city made up of strange things that don't fit together elsewhere, mm-hmm. including the currywurst. 
Um, which I love. I love that kind of point of it, as you were saying, it's like kind of a street food a lot of times and sharing that experience uh, with people you might norm not normally interact with run yeah. into or interact with. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a pretty good quote. And it, it is true. Uh, Berlin and the history of Berlin is very integral into a lot of the story of Currywurst. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we are going to get into that history. But first, we are going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And yes, we have done a lot of episodes on meats and sausages, I think. You know what I did find? <gasps> Taylor ham. I bought some Taylor ham the other day. Ooh, oh yeah? Yes. yes. Oh, cool. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm very excited. I'm going to cook it up. Uh, but, but we've done, we've done yeah. meats and sausages, things like that. Preserved meats of various kinds. Sure. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, we have done ketchup as mentioned. So go check those episodes out. Mm -hmm. um, but this episode as mentioned is pretty clearly tied to Berlin, um, mm -hmm. or at least in, in like popular media reporting on it, it is. Sure, sure. A again, you know, like putting, if you have curry, if you have ketchup, if you have sausage, there's right. no reason to me that you wouldn't put it together. Right. And then like potatoes and uh, or some oh, yeah. kind of starch in there. Yeah. Yeah, like, sure. Right, right. I mean, that you makes know, sense. <laughs> on, on a long enough timeline, like if you get bored enough, like you're going to combine the foods that you have. So, yes. But that being said, there are some specific origin stories for us. Yes. And I did want to go back to the quote uh, that we read right before the ad break, because as that quote was sort of alluding to, the food scene of Germany in our modern times is largely influenced by the world wars mm -hmm. um, and the international presence that stemmed from them. So, for example, after World War II, the occupation of Berlin was split up amongst the U.S., France, Great Britain on the west side and Soviet Union on the east side. Um, 
historians think that this contributed uh, to a unique culinary situation in Berlin and that all of these influences helped lead to the creation of this dish, which, yes, I think makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And one example I ran across a lot was ketchup, um, which uh, has a very long convoluted history, mm-hmm. but it did end up to be a very popular condiment amongst Americans. Um, so a lot of historians think that it ended up in Germany due to homesick American soldiers, while curry powder, which was a mix of spices the British either came up with or copied in order to capture the taste of spices that they had in India while they were occupying it, uh, was a sign of the British influence. Yes, uh, but the history of currywurst is largely tied specifically to the city of Berlin. Uh, there is a very popular story about a woman named Hertha Heuver, um, a West Berlin housewife who traded with some British soldiers. Um, spirits for ketchup and in some tellings for curry powder as well. Um, as the story goes, she went on to add the ketchup to sliced sausage, sprinkled it with curry powder, perhaps alongside with things like sugar, dashes of Worcestershire sauce, Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> we just had this discussion. Scooby-Doo infiltrates my mind. Um, but the details are quite sparse. It's kind of like she got the idea. We're not sure what she added to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A few publications um, have some details about her life, nothing that I could really confirm. It's often reported she was born in 1913 in a German city that was later largely destroyed by war. And in the 1940s, Hertha settled on the west side of Berlin where she opened up a food stand. And according to this version of events, it was in 1949 that some British soldiers rolled up to her stand in need of a trade of some kind. Um, Mm -hmm. Spirits, or in some tellings, Worcestershire sauce uh, for ketchup and or curry powder. And these stories are often spun as an example of her bargaining power and ability to negotiate and haggle. Um, Like, she was a really good businesswoman, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And like like the innovation of taking these things that were on hand and making something like more than the sum of their parts. Um, Right. Yeah. Um, the story from the Currywurst Museum went that she hawked her, her invention from trays until she could buy a van to convert into a sausage stand. Um, and that within a few months, there was enough demand that she opened a second one. <laughs> I lo- the, the line, the story from the Currywurst Museum is chef's kiss. It's so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There are also several stories that tell of how she, like, ran several experiments to arrive at the currywurst we know today, like boiling it, frying it, dousing it in sauce, adjusting the ingredients until she arrived at something she apparently named Chilip, uh, which was a name patent in the 1950s. And the legend goes she never shared the recipe. She took it to her grave. Yeah, not even her husband. Like, nobody. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-uh, right. that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there are a couple competing origin stories, um, including one from the Ruhr region, um, where, to be fair, Americans and their ketchup might have appeared earlier. And also a Hamburg where, okay, the author of this fiction novel that's about currywurst claims that he ate the dish in 1947, 
two years before Hertha's supposed date of invention. And he he said that he based this novel around his real life story. But mystery's history. Oh, wow. I want to check that out. A story yeah. about the invention M- more, of A <laughs> little bit more about it in a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't wait. Um, according to NPR, this dish was a, quote, overnight success, in part because it was fairly cheap, somewhat exotic, heavy quotes, because that has come under fire a lot that that term has been used. In regards to this dish, uh, thanks mm-hmm. to the curry powder, um, and that it had a lot of protein, making it a particularly popular amongst construction workers or just kind of laborers. It was an example of post-war creativity and frugalness of filling street food. Um, for a while, it was mostly viewed as a lunch option for the working or poor class, but soon the well-off came to love it as well. And as you mentioned earlier, Lauren, there were and are <laughs> examples of curry worst at nice hotels that are pretty pricey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, people have, like, stunt decorated currywurst with gold leaf, the whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but all, but, but meanwhile, back, uh, back in our timeline, um, currywurst did spread to East Berlin, like, even before the wall fell. Um, one of the most famous stands there, uh, uh, Knopkes. I, I didn't look that one up. I'm sorry. Uh, feel free to direct angry emails my way. Um, they, they, they've, they've been serving currywurst since 1960. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't verify these numbers as much as I would have liked, but allegedly Hertha's stand in Charlottesburg was selling 10,000 currywurst per week until it shut down in 1974. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read that too. Could not, could not really confirm but yeah uh mm-hmm. uh she would pass away in 1999 and in 2003 she was honored with a plaque in berlin at the site of her first stand which is now kind of unromantically located at the back of an asian grocery store amidst some shrubs um but you know it's there um <laughs> and on june 30th of 2013 on what would have been her 100th birthday the google doodle was a currywurst with fries with the ketchup wow. spelling out google yeah <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. Who comes up with these? <laughs> right? Huh. Um, no. Okay. Meanwhile, we need to talk about Volkswagen. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> so, in 1973, as kind of a, a measure of cost saving, Volkswagen started to produce a bunch of the food that they served in their cafeterias for like employees and guests, um, they started to create those products in-house. Um, and so in 1973, they, they started producing their own curry-spiced bockwurst for putting in currywurst at those in-house cafeterias for employees and guests. Um, it eventually possibly like decades later, I couldn't track down a date, um, became available for purchase to the public. Um, and like it has an official Volkswagen parts number, like anything else that they manufacture, which I adore. Um, uh-huh. In 2010, they released a vegetarian option. By 2019, they were selling some 7 million curry brockwurst per year. Which, wow. as some spicy media pundits noted, was more than the number of cars they sold. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. They were like, technically, this is their top product. Um, 
then, then they caused quite a stir in 2021 when, um, okay, in their administrative building cafeteria, they moved to an entirely vegetarian menu as kind of part of this big initiative they were doing to be more, um, more environmentally friendly. Um, so they moved their currywurst in that cafeteria to using that vegetarian sausage option. Um, and the media freaked out. One of uh, Markle's uh, colleagues uh, like really railed against it on LinkedIn of all places. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm like, calm down, y'all. Like, like the meat version is still available everywhere else. It's going to be fine. Like you're not, it's going to be okay. If you eat some tofu, it's not going to, anyway. I... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. What's so, going on on LinkedIn? <laughs> I <laughs> drama. Apparently. Apparently. Right? Mm. Uh anyway, so that's the Volkswagen <laughs> portion of our curry okay. sausage <laughs> uh episode. Yeah, uh okay. Uh <laughs> Okay, but stepping back a bit, um, uh, in 1982, this German like pop rocker by the name of Herbert uh, Hronemeyer, uh, that I tried my best. Uh, yeah, he released a song entitled "Currywurst," and it's about like a night out on the town, and like you know, currywurst. Is what gets you up, and it's what brings you down. Um, uh, it's it's very like it's very like oh man, you're going out. What's gonna get you through? Currywurst. Like oh man, you're feeling sick now. Whose fault is it? Currywurst. I'm like all right. <laughs> um, it's it's catchy. Uh, yeah, and I believe that that is what those ketchup phones were playing at the Currywurst Museum. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1993, um, that fiction novel that I mentioned earlier was published. Um, the author is Yue Tim, um, and it's called The Invention of Currywurst, or in, in English it's called that. There's a German title that I'm not trying. I've given up, you guys. Um, uh, the book is about a journalist like seeking out the inventor of currywurst and um and she's in Hamburg and it's a whole thing and and yeah so it's it's really like a kind of like a peek into life in post-war Hamburg so yeah, yeah. um in 2002 apparently George W Bush caused a bit of a stir when he was not appropriately enthusiastic about his currywurst that he was served in Germany <laughs> The article that I read was like, he barely touched it. Can you oh. believe that? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but also like, it's so fascinating to me, the the articles that come out about like, he didn't eat the stick of fried butter. <laughs> he can never be president. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it, it is it is. In, I mean, especially in Germany, I think that um, there's a lot of to do. Like, it's a tradition for local politicians to like be photographed at currywurst stands. 
Mm -hmm. um, kind of like talking to their constituents and like doing this whole thing. And so like it was a little bit of a like, don't you know how to behave, dude? Like, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, 2004, there was a documentary short about Currywurst and life in Berlin called The Best of the Worst that was released by director Grace Lee. And in 2013, not to be outdone, uh, McDonald's in Germany um, sold for a brief period of time a Mick Currywurst. Um, uh, it was limited edition, and, and I but, but I think it came back at least once in 2019, and like maybe there was a chicken sausage involved. I couldn't. I don't. I don't know German. Um, <laughs> I ran across this too, and I can tell you. I I ran across a lot of heated thoughts about it. Oh, um, all right, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, listeners write in. I'm sure some people liked it, but a lot of people were like, "How dare you <laughs> ever try to put our currywurst into your McDonald's establishment?" I mean, which is fair. Yeah, no, I see that. Yeah, it's a yeah. beloved local product. Uh, mm-hmm. How dare? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I I, w- I would love to know if anybody had it though. I want to know about like the quality, sure, accuracy. Yeah. What was going yeah. on here? Yeah, like on? what was the flavor of the sausage? What was the flavor of the mm-hmm. sauce? Did it have that good crispy, um, mm-hmm. crispy crisp to it? Let me know. Yeah, yeah. I would love to know. I would. Mm. And oh, man. just any of your opinions, thoughts, recipes. Oh. Yeah. Um, again, I just because my last name is Vogelbaum, you can tell from the way that we pronounce it that I don't know German. That <laughs> mm-hmm. I do have one friend who calls me Vogelbaum, which is more correct. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's why you know we count on you, you listeners. <laughs> yes. Um, and also, if you've been to the museum, if you went when it was open. oh yeah, if you have pictures, oh my mm-hmm. goodness. If you like, if Please. you if you're in an area where you can like go access a currywurst immediately and just be like suckers, this is delicious. I would love to hear right. all about it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, but I think that's what we have to say about the currywurst for now. I think it is. Uh, we do. We do already have some listener mail for you. Probably not about currywurst. Um, but uh, but first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. 
What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with It was very operatic in a very warm sausage way. I feel like the the like orchestra, the symphony oh, yeah. of the ingredients together oh, yeah. makes me want to like spin around in a meadow and enjoy <laughs> some currywurst. Yeah. Yeah, right? Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hopefully soon, Lauren. Hopefully soon. Oh. Oh. Okay. Working on it. Adding yes. it to the list. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the ever-growing list. Mm-hmm. The ever- we, we've added some movies to yeah. the list. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> Andy wrote in an email title, subject line, Loose Milk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, immediately I click on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lou Smilk uh, sounds like a character that a young Steve Buscemi would play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lou. Also, oh, Mr. Smilk. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yes. Also, because about two-thirds of the time I have to try things your shows are about, I nabbed some Harissa from my local new seasons. I got the D D E A brand that comes in the yellow metal tube. Damn, that stuff is good. <laughs> it will fill the void in my soul, patched previously by sriracha garlic chili paste. The harissa is so much more complex and delicious. Ooh. There Ooh. was a time in my life when I really prided myself on seasoning my food with mostly plain ingredients that I'd fix myself, but I'm getting lazier and more willing to treat myself before I eat myself as I get older. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's a phrase I didn't think I was going to say on this podcast. Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. No, what a yeah. wonderful phrase. I'm glad that I've been introduced to it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I've definitely, like, spices are, like, one of the areas I, I, I will really splurge on. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they can they go a long way. Like, if you get, like, Harissa, you don't need much, as we talked about oh, sure. in, that, in oh, yeah. that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Uh, I also agree that Loose Milk should be a character. Um, it's an excellent name. So if you write something about it, please let us yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I need this uh, Mr. Smilk fiction. Yeah. Yes. That's... <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and hey, call Steve the Shemmy. See what he's up to. Like, I'm yeah. sure he'd be down. I don't know. <laughs> um, Christine wrote... To get around the marigold calendula tajitis, am I saying those right? Oh, uh, we're okay. We're just gonna go with it. Uh, to get around that confusion, 
Gardeners in Australia have started referring to calendulas, um, old world marigolds, as calendulas only, and to new world marigolds, uh, tajitis, as marigolds only. It saves the confusion of remembering which are common marigolds or French marigolds, um, a common name for tajitis, go figure. I frequently grow calendulas due to their importance at medieval gardens, and I've made calendula ointment from uh, from 16th century recipes. It's great for healing scratches and rashes and smells really nice. I also dry the flowers to sprinkle over salads and baked sweet things. They really are lovely, especially if you can get a mix of different yellows and oranges. I've attached a photo of what's uh, left of these spring flowers. Sadly, I don't have any photos of calendulas decorating anything, but I do have the 16th century uh, biscuit bread, which is decorated with dried whoo. Uh, something and cornflower petals. I'm not even trying anymore. Um, these were two other flowers that were popular in medieval gardens and medicines, though unlike calendulas, they don't really have any medicinal properties. Um, di- dianthus? Dianthus? Yeah. Sure. Might have been the other one. My brain, my brain just went, no, I'm done. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens. Um, Christine always writes in these amazing, like, uh, recipes of doing... Yeah, like, historical. Historical. Yeah. Yes, we did. Lauren and I... I feel like we keep saying it. We got to travel recently. um, And we... Not really anticipating or expecting it. um, But we ran into a lot of marigold uh, recipes. Cocktails and... Yeah. Kind of use in dishes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. While while we were out in in Vegas, which is the trip that we recently took, and we're going to have an episode or two or more coming out uh, from <laughs> from that material soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, one of the one of the restaurants that we went to is like marigold themed because um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a Mexican cuisine place, and so one of their like star cocktails has this dried marigold in it and a little bit of like marigold tincture of some kind and mm-hmm. it was so um warm like 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 spicy like like sunny warm yeah am i making any sense <laughs> you are no 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 yeah it was it was like kind of a very refreshing light flavor but it was still there like yeah. it was light but clear yeah with this like um, hint of musk on the back Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really great. Uh, I believe we posted a picture, if not of the cocktail of the restaurant on our Instagram, but I do have, we are going to be posting some more pictures from that trip. And I do have some pictures of the cocktail. Um, But it was cool. It was cool after we had done this episode. I was like, oh. You're like, oh, (laughs) hey, hey. Oh, cool. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I bet all the things you mentioned, Christy, making with it uh, sound amazing. And I, I feel like they do kind of add like a really fun uh, color is a part. Color oh, and presentation course. is a part of dishes. And I do think marigolds are oh, they're gorgeous. Kind of like a pop. Yeah. 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 I'm also uh, mm-hmm. after we did or while we were doing the reading for that episode, I realized that um, uh, I have seen the word calendula uh, like ad infinitum as an ingredient in various perfumes. Um, uh, one of the mm. nerderies that I got into at some point was like buying nerd perfume on the internet. Um, and yeah, yeah. And, and calendula <laughs> is an ingredient in some of them. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay, cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of fun because it kind of sounds like tarantula or something. It's like a, <laughs> yeah. Could it be vibe yeah. for me, at least? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thanks as always to these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six x visit tomboyx.com